So that just gives the, the brand the ability to start controlling, you know, how they're spending their time, which dispensaries are going to are going to probably give them the best bang for the buck and to react immediately when something happens, like I suddenly have no products left at one of my most important stores. I better get on that. And, and honestly, without, you know, it's a painful task to know that and to and certainly to action on it in any system, uh, systematic way without leveraging Hoodie to do something like that. This is Lit and Lucid, your after-work de-stress smoke sesh podcast. I'm your host, Lit. And I'm your host, Lucid. And we're going to take you on a journey. A journey to discover the truth and find the balance. Every week, we get deep on those thought-provoking topics that ooze out of the cannabis universe. But we also keep it real by illuminating important issues and people in today's culture. So kick back. Consume your favorite cannabis products. And get cozy Cozy in the the Lit and and Lucid lifestyle. lifestyle. Welcome everybody to the Lit and Lucid podcast. It is Thursday and you know we are recording another episode of the show. Joining us today is Chris Walker. He is the president and chief commercial officer at Hoodie Analytics. Hoodie Analytics is a US-based cannabis data and technology firm that delivers insights into market performance and competitive intelligence. Hoodie tracks over 3.5 million daily unique offers in over 8,000 plus dispensaries in the US and in Canada making Hoodie the largest and most impactful platform in cannabis for leading sales metrics such as pricing, promotion, stock status, distribution, and share of self. Chris currently oversees Hoodie's customer acquisition and customer experience efforts with a focus on sales, marketing, analytics, product strategy, and the delivery of successful client outcomes. He also has ample experience in audio insights, data, and analytics in his prior position at Nielsen, an S&P 500 firm. And he's also the co-founder of Big Chalk Analytics, a technology-enabled analytics consulting firm that connects progressive companies with world-class analytics, insights, and talent. So with all of that, Chris, we're super excited to have you on the show. You know, I don't know if we've really dove into the concept of, you know, cannabis data and technology. So we're excited to learn more about that and your background. So with that, welcome. Thank you, Lucy. I'm I'm very excited to be here. And uh, as I as I'm hearing you talk about uh, all of all of these these big words that I, uh, <laughs> I I have done in my career, it's uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if it makes me feel old or excited, but I'm I'm thrilled to be here either way. <laughs> Well, we're excited to have you, Chris, and uh, you know you're a big numbers guy, and so we're excited to kind of dig into the numbers of the cannabis industry and kind of learn more about how uh, you guys are helping to kind of move that that area along and help operators. But before we get too far down the road, let's learn more about yourself. You know, I heard a, a plug of you worked at, at Nielsen, and that's a pretty you know a, a prominent name out there, especially in the analytics yeah. field. So we'd love to learn more about your background and how that eventually led you to a career in cannabis. Uh, thanks. Um, yeah, I, I really have been um, in data and analytics almost my whole career. Uh, it, it's uh, something I somewhat stumbled in uh, into initially as I, uh, I, work, I actually worked for General Mills right out of college and in a sales function. So, you know, I was carrying a bag and selling cereal to grocery stores and all those kind of fun things. And uh, I, as part of that orientation, you got, I had these lovely folks from Nielsen come in and teach me about the world of data and how I could use data to sell more cereal and sell more Betty Crocker and all that kind of good stuff. Um, so anyway, lo- long story short, a couple of years later, I, uh, I did make the decision to go in and join the the good folks at Nielsen. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I had a wonderful experience there. I, I 
was in a, a whole bunch of different roles and, um, you know, I ultimately culminating and uh, I ran most of the business for Nielsen out, out in Australia, New Zealand. So I, I had, uh, had some, uh, you know, experiences to almost run a, a company within a company as uh, you know, being on the other side of the world. There's a lot of, a lot of opportunities to really, um, you know, build and grow and be, be an entrepreneur, uh, but within the, the constructs of a large organization. And, um, you know, so, uh, so it, it was a, a wonderful experience, but uh, about five years ago, I, I did uh, make the decision to, uh, to leave and, um, you know, with, uh, and I started my own firm, which uh, Big Chalk, uh, which, uh, you, which you mentioned, um, really with the goal of helping emerging brands and channels build out their CPG toolkit, right? So uh, most of your listeners probably know, but CPG stands for consumer packaged goods, right? It's Nestle and Coca-Cola and Procter and Gamble and all of these folks that I've been living and breathing and, and helping them make <laughs> lots of money, um, you know, with with data and leveraging data uh, to make better decisions. And um, and so ultimately, you know, the goal of Big Chalk was to really apply a lot of that, a lot of that thesis and the frameworks to new channels and new industries. And, um, you know, I, I was uh, fortunate uh, to be based here in Chicago. Uh, I think we're Chicago's home to, uh, I don't know, half of the, all the MSOs in the country, it feels like. Um, and <laughs> yeah. so uh, pretty early on, we got pulled into uh, working with some cannabis brands and cannabis, cannabis MSOs um, who, yeah, and, and most of their leadership was coming from, you know, these these larger brands in the CPG world, um, you know, and the, uh, they were asking us, you know, for for help, right, and uh, say, hey, I, I'm used to having all of this data and to be able to, uh, you know, leverage this data to make more intelligent decisions, but I don't, I don't even have, I don't even have reports right now because we've got a different system in Pennsylvania than we do in Illinois, than we do in Massachusetts. And, um, and so, you know, it's just a, it's really a, and because the industry is emerging and all of the, uh, the legal requirements uh, and the regulated requirements, you know, had caused technology to just diverge across every state. It is, it, it is challenging. It's challenging for any operator who's, uh, who's trying to look across, uh, across states, let alone within a, within a state. Um, and so um, we, we found, uh, you know, a home in, uh, you know, in cannabis pretty early on. And um, I, I will say that, uh, I, you know, we, I've been working almost exclusively now in that space for three and a half, four years. Um, one of the uh, things that we re we recognized pretty early on in those engagements was um, while the companies themselves would have a lot of great data about their own sales and their own products and, what's selling well and what's not selling well. And, um, you know, what they didn't really have great visibility to was what was happening outside of their four walls, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, so my, my dispensary, I, I know that these sell real well, but maybe there's something better that's selling real well. And the guy across the street store that I've just got no visibility to. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so, and there, there had been some additional, uh, you know, some other players and had been trying to, um, to solve for that in the canvas space for a while. Um, but I, I, I think we, we managed to start hoodie at this nice intersection of, um, you know, where, you know, and, and again, where, you know, effectively COVID had just had a major impact on the industry, forcing the whole, the whole industry, particularly dispensaries to go online to just to survive. Right. And to, and, you know, and obviously they were incented to make sure that their customers still had an amazing online experience. Um, and so it was, 
important uh, to try to, you know, to try to facilitate that online experience to to ensure that when customers go, the products that they are purchasing are going to be there and ready to be picked up when they could, and all of this kind of stuff. And and so as a result, it it just opened the door for you know some some real technology driven solutions to that competitive intelligence space. Um, you know the uh, the. Around that same time, I was introduced to my co-founder, a guy named Wes Shepard. Um, Wes had previously um, built uh, a, a competitive price intelligence um, platform. He was working with Sony and Hasbro and you know big, big, big brands uh, to really help them manage their e-commerce presence um, around the world. Uh, and so his platform is really good at bringing in lots of data and then rapidly organizing it and flagging it to say, hey, Sony, heads up, you're a... Uh, you know, uh, this, this web commerce, this e-commerce site just, uh, just, you know, took your price up by 20% or yeah. this other guy just dropped it in half. Like, uh, are you, you probably need to be aware of that. And so, you know, Wes's technology enabled all of that richness of data. And, you know, now I guess to close the loop on that story, right. With the opportunity was now with all of those dispensaries now being online, we were able to apply that tech to cannabis in a very unique and different way. Um, that's, that's, that's really opened some amazing doors um, for us, um, and it's it's helping our clients, you know, really start to uh, become much more data driven, um, and uh, and to to ultimately start leveraging those those CPG frameworks and tools that they're that you know that they're familiar with and hungry for, and um, you know, and we're we've been thrilled with the with the uptake of the of the industry, you know, to date. That's pretty fascinating. You know, I, I would say it's. You know, listening to you, it's almost like a symptom of like the, the the market itself, you know, maturating. And especially you, you know, you came in, you said, you know, five yeah. years ago and, you know, we're talking about CPG and it really seems like a big theme of this season and last season. We're just, you know, everybody's talking about consumer packaged goods, consumer packaged yeah. goods. And, and I think that's just a sign of that it is shifting and it is becoming a mature industry. And like you're saying now, you know, there's like business professionals and, and, and corporations and companies who, who rely on this data outside of cannabis. And, and it's like, now's the time for cannabis to, to be mature and have these insights and, and, you know, make business decisions uh, driven on data versus, you know, what we believe or what we feel or what we think bases yep. off, you know, one data point. So uh, I think it's pretty incredible that you guys made that, that transition, especially, you know, five years ago. I mean, five years ago, I'm sure there was, you know, sporadic talk of CPG, but I don't even remember much talk about brands, you know, as much five years yeah. ago as much now. So I think that's great insight in your part to, to kind of see the need. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a fun journey. Um, it's it's been a it's been a huge learning curve, and you know, and I I think as an industry we're all growing up together, you know, and uh, I I think one thing one of the things that I've I've really appreciated about the industry is just you know there is still a lot of sharing of ideas and collaboration, and you know you can go to conferences like I. I mentioned to you guys in the in the in the pre setup like a Benzinga and you and you yep. you're able to to speak with like minded leaders and executives to understand their pain points and just getting that access to some of these you know these these really important figures in our industry it's something you don't, you don't see in CPG um, you really you really don't it's a uh, you know it's it's a very and I, I think that's that's one one thing that makes this industry special. I, I mean, we are everyone's learning from each other. You know, there's still a theme around the tide rising together. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, and again, it's uh, it's been it's been a fun journey. And you know, and as you can appreciate, um, you know, the, with your, your your statements around the maturation of the industry, uh, you know, there's. 
there's still a lot of growing up to do, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, even some of these these highly successful, amazing, amazing brands, you know, they were, you know, they they don't necessarily have the systems and processes yet in place to ensure that what they're doing is going to be repeatable and sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and and but they're getting there, right? And they're they're and they're recognizing that. And I, I think that's the most important thing. Um, but uh, you know, I, I, I even earlier today I was having conversation with a, a leader from one of our clients, and you know, we were talking about this idea of of you know in, needing to ensure like you know something like a sales process, a sales function, but needing to ensure that the organization has a repeatable process, right? So you don't, you're, you're not so, you're not so dependent and reliant on the individual institutional knowledge that Lisa has, or that John has, or that Stuart has, because they, they've had, you know, they've, they've been, uh, they've been, you know, hanging out with uh, their accounts for three years and then, you know, because they when they leave and walk out the door to go to a better offer, like, how do you replace that if you yeah. don't have that process and that system? And and that and honestly, that's uh, that's it's something that's important to us. And, you know, and we're, we will be a big part of the fuel to do that. Um, there's you know, there's other organizations that are are, are doing some amazing things in that system side. Um, but I we really believe our data is, is going to allow, you know, a, a much, you know, more people to be successful in their sales process as long as we start establishing what that process looks like. Yeah, that's very interesting. So I had a couple of questions, you know, as we dive deeper into, you know, what Hoodie Analytics actually does. Uh, One thing that did come to mind is, you know, you said you started into the industry about five years ago. So with this platform that you've created um, and, you know, we're speaking, you know, across state lines with these MSOs. So how did that work? Did you have to, you know, work with, you know, somebody who specialized in compliance in each of these states to kind of figure out different laws and regulations or how did it work when building this platform so you could speak across state lines and these MSOs could utilize this product for you. So um, the short answer is, is yeah, we did we did some of that, um, you know. And so we were working, you know, with our in partnering with our clients. We, you know, we certainly, you know, we're participating with the compliance departments, um, you know, to ensure that we were, you know, we were doing all of thing, you know, everything in a in an appropriate manner. Um, you know, the the. There was some leading players in the space that that solved for a lot of the problems prior to us even even coming on board, right? And so you've got you know folks like uh, the point of sale providers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there were dispensaries and that were having to take orders way before I ever got in the industry or or companies like us. Um, and 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 you know and those those point of sale providers, as an example, they had to start solving for that. So, you know, you, they they don't want to just have a business in Illinois or in Pennsylvania. They want to have a business in every state around the country. And so, you know, they had already started going down the path of building uh, connect connections to all of the the state compliance systems and the seed to sale systems. And and so so some of that hard legwork. Um, and you know, kudos to them because it is very tough, especially in the early stages. Some of that hard legwork had already been been done and the ground had been broken. And so it did it and and as a result, it becomes easier for organizations like us to then come in after the fact where, you know, a, a metric, you know, as an example, has already built out their APIs and they're able to now connect your data no matter where you are. And and again, so some of that ground had been broken, um, you know, but I, you know, but what what is still a struggle even today um, is just taking all of that data from wherever it resides in all those different states and harmonizing it into a single source 
um, such that people can make decisions. And then it's even tougher when you when you want them to have ready access to real time data so they can make fast decisions. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So, yeah, maybe maybe they can lock in what I what I did in Q2. But, you know, do I do I have that data at my fingertips so I can react immediately? You know, if suddenly I've got to run on one of my products or I've got, you know, you know, again, my prices, you know, my price is suddenly plummeted by 20 percent and the demand shot up. And can I can I recognize that in advance to be able to control for it? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's where, you know, there's a, there's still a lot of work to do. And again, we we're obviously making you know, a part a part of that. But there are some others that are that are putting in a lot of head, a lot of a lot of uh, hard effort. And, you know, in order to get these organizations to, to be able able to be making faster and more data-driven decisions. That makes sense. Um, now, just so for everybody who hasn't you know, heard of Hoodie Analytics, I saw on your website that you probably have two separate different customers. So you have dispensaries and brands and maybe something else that I didn't catch. Yep. So can you tell us a little bit more about the solutions that you're providing for them and then maybe how Absolutely. they've kind of evolved over the last couple of years as well? Yeah. So yeah, in, in an, I mean, to be simple about it, and we this our, our what we like to say is our goal is to be tracking every product in every dispensary in every state and or every province in Canada every single day. And so, you know, if we're able to to have that visibility to what's happening at an item level in a dispensary on a daily level, you can imagine that there's hundreds of use cases for what people could do with that data. You know, I you you heard me use the a couple pricing analogies a couple of times. Like so, the the minute you know that that a dispensary takes your price up or takes your price down, you know, there's going to be an an a likely uh, a subsequent action. Now that action could be, um, you know, hey, I, you know, suddenly my price is raised, and now my product is selling, is selling at at half the velocity that it was just a week ago before the price was raised, and so my demand's slower, right? If I don't want that to happen, then I need to be able to action and do something about it. So maybe I'm maybe I'm now offering a promotion, maybe I'm having a conversation with the dispensary to say, hey. <laughs> Buddy, why did we raise my price by twenty percent? You know, uh, you know, we we I, we both are here to make money, right? And so there's yeah opportunities there, but um, you know, but ultimately we're we're able to kind of sit in that that middle ground to allow brands to understand what's happening with their products at individual dispensaries, and we're allow we're able to help dispensaries understand what's happening with brands at dispensaries that aren't their own, right? So. You know, if you run a dispensary, I'm, I'm again, I, I'm, a, I'm in Illinois, so I always use these, uh, yeah, these Illinois analyses or uh, analogies. Um, you know, but if I'm running, you know, a dispensary in Deerfield, Illinois, and I want to, and my main competitor is over in Mundelein, um, you know, it'd be, wouldn't it be nice to know um, that that hey, those guys just ran a huge promotion on X, Y, and Z, and by the way they ran out of stock in two days, so they don't have any more supply. So now I can go and ping my, ping all of my customers to say, Hey guys, guess what I have? Uh, all that stuff you're looking for over at Mundelein, I got it right here. And, uh, you know, and so that, that's the kind of thing that, that are, you know, that our, our customers, um, you know, can leverage our data for, um, it is an enterprise platform. So everything from, you know, giving dispensaries that real time analytics around price and promotion, what's happening outside their doors, giving brands the ability to know, hey, that dispensary is, they've only got three days of supply left of this product. And by the way, these other dispensaries all ran out of stock of these products yesterday. 
we need to immediately see if the product's already been reordered. And if not, I need my sales guys to pick up the phone and start dialing for dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so so that just gives the, the brand the ability to start controlling, you know, how they're spending their time, which dispensaries are going to are going to probably give them the best bang for the buck and to react immediately when something happens. Like I suddenly have no products left at one of my most important stores. I better get on that. And, and honestly, without, you know, it's a painful task to know that. And, to, and certainly to action on it in any system, uh, systematic way without leveraging hoodie to do something like that. Um, you know, and, the, and the, la- the last thing I'll say, uh, our third kind of use is actually because we have this best access to available products, um, you know, uh, across the country. Um, many of our customers um, actually use Hoodie, you know, to to power their 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 Find Us Now websites, mm-hmm. right? So you know, so if you're out looking for, uh, you know, the you know your favorite Seven Ten Labs product, and you want to know where to get it, um, you know, you can go to Seven Ten Labs dot com and go to the Find Us page, and you know, you will um, you will see on there, you know, where you can get that product that's closest to you. You can search by product, not just by like. Any 710 product, mm-hmm. I, you can literally go and find that RSO that you're looking for. Um, and you can even go see if the if the store is busy right now and, and you can go and add it to your cart. Like <laughs> it all from within Hoodie. And, and it's it, we're powering 710 to do that. Right. But you imagine 710 loves it because now they are referring they're referring customers to to their dispensary partners, right? Yeah. And so now they're they're not just uh, yeah they're not just selling a product; they're actually sending a business. Yeah. Um, and so it's a it's a win win for everyone. Um, and consumers themselves actually can go to askhoodie.com and you know leverage our our product locator for the same thing. And uh, so if uh, any of you guys out there are searching for some amazing new specialty products, <laughs> go check out askhoodie.com and. Uh, Start going shopping, guys. Nice. I could already yeah. recall an instance, literally probably 30 days ago, where yeah. we needed this. <laughs> we were like manually searching for a product and calling dispensaries, and they were like, never heard of it. And and it, <laughs> I, like the company is like, they just launched in Colorado, and we're like, well, somebody's had to heard of this product. It's somewhere out there. So I could already see a use case for that. And and uh, I'll back up here a little bit, too, and mention that you know I used to work in sales and wholesale specifically, and so I'd be interfacing with dispensaries and half to you know, every Monday, cinema, yeah. you know, inventory and, you know, take orders. And, and that all seemed a little bit archaic kind of thinking back even. And, but I got to say, you know, it sounds like your software is like a little bit of ahead of, ahead of its time in some ways. I mean, I'm sure brands are like, this is possible. It's possible for me to get, you know, real time <laughs> data from dispensaries yeah. on, on products. And we don't have to wait for, you know, quarterly reports to come out or our sales team to go back through, you know, the metric data and, and like compile reports and stuff. Uh, so I got to say, you know, it definitely seems like it's ahead of its time and, and is solving a lot of problems for, for dispensaries. Um, that kind of leads me to my next question of like, uh, you know, is, is this, is it driven by what dispensaries and, and brands and, and, you know, customers and uh, companies are asking for, or is this something that, you know, you brought with you and you knew that this was something that's very, very valuable for brands and companies and retailers already from, you know, other CPG stuff? Um, it's probably a combination, uh, you know, to be, to be honest with you. Um, you know, we certainly are deploying a lot of the standard CPG frameworks and methods and, you know, paths to growth, right. Um, around sales enablement and around, you know, price optimization and promotion optimization. So many of those overarching frameworks are, are, are similar. Um, I think what is unique in this industry, which is maybe somewhat akin to like uh, alcohol or even, far, you know, um, pharma, is that you, you know, 
you have a closed solution, like a closed industry, and you still have people knocking on doors to say, hey, dispensary A, you know, I've got some new stuff for you to try. <laughs> hey, why don't we, yeah, why don't you consider, you know, bringing, bringing my product on board? Um, and you don't really have that in like big grocery anymore, right? Mm-hmm. In big grocery, everything's centralized. They buy products twice a year. If you miss if you miss the category review or you're not successful, you got to wait six months. <laughs> and you know, and there's and there's just and unless you're one of the really big guys, you might be lucky to even get a meeting, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I think that that's that is where there's still some, definitely some differences. Um, and I think the other thing is because our industry is is so new relative relative. Um, I should say newly, uh, what's the word? It's an old industry, but it's newly regulated um, <laughs> and uh, newly legal. Um, you know, I, I think that's given us some advantages because it's much more technology enabled than some of those legacy places as well. And so I, I think that is where there are some some unique differences. Like right now, like you go to the alcohol industry, there is nothing out there that's going to tell you that, hey, uh, you know, Ravinia Brewing Company, you just sold out of, uh, you know, five, five cases of products, uh, you know, at that little dispen- uh, that little uh, convenience store up the street. There's nothing that does that in mm-hmm. that in that industry. Now, maybe that's a maybe that's a growth opportunity for hoodie down the line. But, um, you know, but, you know, but that is that's an example of something that I do think is truly unique because of the technology enabled you know industry that we're in at that at that core level. Um, and also the fact that it's a, it's a closed universe, right? There's not 500,000 dispensaries currently, um, you know, hopefully one day, but not, not right now. And, uh, you know, so being able to really get laser focused on, you know, the accounts and the, and the dispensaries, um, you know, that are, that are driving sales and that are attracting customers. It, it does make it easier when you have, when you have fewer to, to deal with. Now, one of my questions I have is in those scenarios that you mentioned, like, you know, what your competitor is doing or what they just sold. Yep. Does that scenario only work if both parties are using hoodie? Um, it, it doesn't. Uh, I mean, we we are. I mean, obviously, if you're not using hoodie, then uh, it's only going to work one way. So uh, but um, but, yeah, no, we we basically have uh, information on probably 95% of every dispensary in the country. Um, and, and we're, we're hoping to be closer to 98, 99 by the end of the summer. Um, and so it, you know, there it's, it's not, we're not at a hundred percent, um, but we, you know, we do, but we are, you know, we're, we're in that, that high 90 range. Um, and, and again, the way you can think about it is a couple, there's a couple things. I mean, we are bringing in data from a, a number of different sources to, to enable that, you know, some is from, uh, you know, the e-commerce, um, you know, capabilities, some is through some technology partners. Some is the dispensaries and the MSOs and brands are giving us data. Um, and, you know, we also track cell phones and I, I don't tend to get into that too much because it scares people, but, um, you know, we do track, uh, track, we, uh, we've got every dispensary geofenced. And so we know those phones go in and out. Um, and so even where we don't have great access to the root data of a dispenser, we can still do really good projections as to what's happening in those stores. And keep in mind, all those dispensaries still are, you know, they they have an online they have an online customer experience, mm-hmm. and they're not gonna they're not gonna sell you a product that's not available in the in the shop, mm-hmm. right? And they're not and they're not gonna tell you one price online that it's not in, it's not available in the shop. Um, and so you still have that level of access across every single one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's there's a, a wealth of information that you can provide, you know, regardless of Hoodie's direct relationship with the, with those dispensaries. 
Interesting. Yeah. I think it's really cool. I think, you know, with cannabis being hyper competitive and especially right now is, you know, there's basically a price crunch growing on across the country and, yep. and, you know, brands are kind of scrambling to figure out, you know, what, what's next, you know, and, and some are even probably slimming down their skews just to focus on what's selling well and, and, you know, to really kind of just focus in and kind of cut cost. And I could really see how hoodie analytics would be an integral part of this of just, you know, not only of like reading brand data of, you know, what is actually selling. Uh, for instance, you know, we've watched a couple of brands that have grown out of Colorado and go into other states and we've noticed that their flavor offerings could be completely different or it may have half as many products in another state. Yep. Uh, as you know the the you know maybe the founding state and then i also know from early on in colorado from my work with uh, dispensaries individually uh, the product mix that sells at each location is vastly different based on where the dispensary is located and so there's a lot of granular data to work through and i could see where brands would be you know incentivized to probably go a route like this at a time like this when things are getting tight and competition's really hot and you got to know exactly what's selling where it's selling at what price points to hit uh, what flavors, maybe what offerings, what sizes. I mean, there's like, this is like immensely down to like a granular detail. So, um, you know, tell us a little bit more about this. You know, I know um, that, you know, can brands also access and see where competitors are priced at and, and get that sales they information? Can. Yeah, they can. They can. Um, and, and and listen, you're, you're, you were spot on, right? I, I mean, you know, the sale, sales in a, in a dispensary are made up of, hundreds of individual people with individual spending patterns and individual needs and individual experiences and individual you know amounts of disposable income and 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 individual preconceived notions as to what's going to you know be good for them and what's not right and in understanding those individual patterns is so important to get it right, right? Uh, you know, if, and if you know, and the, the, you know, if a dispensary could wave a magic wand to say, "Hey, I want to make sure that I have the best offering for every single person who walks in my door, um, and no more," right? That's it. Um, you know, the, they the, these worlds of having 600, 700 SKUs, it's it's not going to happen anymore, right? Because mm-hmm. you you know, the reality is, do, do you really need to have twenty different gummies in a dispensary? Maybe. I mean, I, I, you know, I've not done that analysis, but uh, my guess is probably not. You know, my guess is that there are, you know, and I mean, there, man, there's there are dispensaries that have 60 different gummy varieties currently. Yeah. And, uh, wow. you know, and, and you know, and the, and the reality is that after, after, you know, and even like an e-commerce experience, right? You go to the first page, second page, there's 27 more pages. Yeah. <laughs> like, who's going to page 25? Yeah. You know, it's just not happening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and so so the you know the opportunity is to really understand you know as a, imagine your buyer for dispensary if i buy these products which ones are going to sell and which ones truly are offering a unique experience for the customers that i have in my store right if i don't you know if I, if i'm in a you know if i'm if i'm in the middle of a retirement community well guess who's shopping at my store right it's going to it's not going to be the cool kids unless they're coming to visit grandma you know it's going to be a lot of retirees who are who are who are going to consume in a different manner than you know their 21 year old nephew that's that's mm-hmm. showing up and i and and you need to make sure if you're running that store that you are catering to the people that are around you that are buying those products and you're building your brand around that and hopefully bringing bringing brands in that want to build brand mm-hmm. right and and i and i'm intentionally using that building brand term so I, I think that's the biggest opportunity we have as an industry right now like mm-hmm. brands don't mean enough yet yeah. like there's a couple of them but they don't they don't have that 
that buying power that you get that you get from a brand in almost every other industry. And I, I guarantee that will be changing, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, there's, you know, my, my, um, my favorite story, because I, I, I did some research on this in my in a past life is looking at candles, you know, <laughs> you can, you can go and buy what's effectively the same candle for 99 cents at Walmart. I can go and buy it at Bed Bath & Beyond for $10. Wow. Or I can go and buy it on on Etsy, but in Etsy it's called a Disneyland candle <laughs> that gives you the experience of Disneyland when you light the candle, and that's forty nine ninety nine. <laughs> and it's yeah. And this is the same. This is the same candle, right? But you're <laughs> selling experiences, and you're selling the brand, and that and that's honestly that's that is our opportunity as an industry, and uh, and I I I think I think we're going to start seeing some exciting changes in that space. Yeah, that's incredible. That is interesting. I know here in Colorado, we go to a pretty large retailer for most of our, you know, goods. And I've been noticing, you know, I even told Jared the last time we were there, I was like, do you feel like that the shelves are, you know, dwindling? Like there's not very much selection anymore. But I guarantee you that's because I know they got bought out from a larger company. But I know that company probably came in with a lot of data analytics and they probably are looking at, you know, what's selling and what's not selling. And like, we got to cut the fat here and, you know, just focus on the brands that actually sell. And I think, you know, that just shows how the the industry is maturing. You know, it's not just a bunch of, you know, at all, you know, brands that kind of do everything. It's really it's starting to focus down to the ones that really are providing specific experiences for consumers that consumers want to purchase. So I think what you guys are doing is really cool and it's definitely needed. And I know Jared would have used it a long time ago and it made his job (laughs) a hell of a lot easier. Not too late, Jared. Not too late. (laughs) I know. I had to move on because it was like, oh, it was too much, man. Making his own spreadsheets yeah. and like yeah. I was trying to like basically get rid of my position in some ways of like, hey guys, this can be done in such a more simpler manner. Like you got you yeah. can go online and order it and send it. <laughs> you don't need to email me every week and me send you a strain list. Like so I'm glad to see the industry is coming around and you guys are kind of helping modernize it and, and bring in really the technology aspect to it. And at a time where uh, companies can adopt it and kind of work it in with what they're currently doing without yep. you know really too much other headache. So I think that's incredible. Um, yeah, but it's time to talk about the future a bit and about Hoodie Analytics. I know you guys recently secured another inaugural round of funding. Uh, do you want to talk about that? And then I'll also plug a little bit in there of, you know, I saw Jim Belushi uh, was also one of your advisors. So tell us more about how, you know, bring you guys brought Jim on and, and maybe some of the, the future of Hoodie Analytics. So, uh, yeah, and I, I'll, uh, I guess I'll hit the, I'll hit the Jim question first, but um <laughs> It's, I, listen, I, I, Jim is a client, um, you know, being simple about it, Belushi's Farm is one of our clients and one of our earlier clients. And, uh, you know, we were fortunate to, uh, you know, you know, they were, we were fortunate to get, to get with them pretty early on and, um, and they got great value out of what we're doing. And so, um, I'll, I will plug a little bit. There's a, we're about to release a little, uh, a, a pretty cool movie, which I don't think I could, I'm allowed to show you guys yet, but, uh, <laughs> But Jim is featured prominently in it and uh, along with Chris and it's, it's super fun, but nice. it, it actually goes through how he's using the product. And, uh, oh, you nice. know, again, with all, with all Jim's humor in there too. Um, but yeah, we, we, uh, we did, we closed, uh, we closed the seed round. Um, we're actually in the process of raising our series A right now. Um, uh, but, you know, we, uh, you know, and, and, and again, it, it's, 
it's helpful for us because we already had a bunch of clients and we brought, you know, and obviously coming from our backgrounds, we've got an amazing leadership team. And so we, we were able to, uh, to really get some, you know, cannabis royalty on board, you know, with, uh, you know, with us pretty early on. And, um, and we paired that with folks like Entourage and Arcview and, um, you know, Satori Capital has been great uh, to work with Greenlight and, you know, a bunch of other folks, um, you know, but we're, we're excited to, uh, you know, to be, um, we we're at a point right now that we've got we we've got all of these products that are in play that we're going to be lighting up as kind of bolt-ons to what we're doing, um, but you know we we obviously you know can accelerate that tremendously with uh, some additional funding, um, and I, again we've got some big ideas for Ask Hoodie as well um, that you know we think uh, customers are going to be thrilled with, and so that's you know that's going to be be coming here shortly. Um, you know I I would say just to you know keep your eyes on um, you know all of the. You know, we're going to be we're going to be bringing to market something in the behavioral space, um, you know, pretty soon. Um, you know, going back, you know, some of the the uh, you know the questions and the thoughts you guys had, you know, we'll be able to answer in even greater detail as we get more, you know, customer level data um, that will you know allow us to see like, hey, you guys got all these people buying this product the first time when you launched it at half off, but did they come back and they buy it and did they buy it again? And if not, well, what did they buy instead? Right. And so you can start looking at that longitudinal consumer behavior, you know, which is going to help brands start answering the question, like, do I really need 30 gummies? And, you know, or if I drop 27 of them, my sales change. Right. And so now I'm doing the same volume with three brands and guess what that does as an industry. It's, it's going to, force innovation because it's going to force it's going to force these brands to say hey i'm no longer going to be successful by just being another me too i'm going i'm going to have to innovate and differentiate and that's what builds brands that's what builds industries and i i, I truly think that's only going to be a great thing for the industry mm-hmm. um because it's it's really going to force that that innovation because to your point you don't want to see empty shelves yeah. so so you know how, how do i create something that's truly going to add incremental value to the category or it's going to be something that, that a customer is going to be willing to, to spend two, three X as much for, right? Because it gives them the, the feeling of Disneyland, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's going to be, we're, again, that's, I really see the world going that direction. And mm-hmm. I, I think our consumer products are going to help enable that. Um, and, uh, you know, and again, we're, we've got, we've got some really cool data integrations that are happening with some of some of our other partners that we'll, we'll hear about in the future. Um, and, uh, and I, if you guys don't mind, I'll plug, uh, we've got a, we're doing our first, uh, you know, data and technology summit um, in partnership with, uh, with Leaf Trade and iHeartJane um, um, and Benzinga. Uh, and we're going to be uh, basically the pre-event for uh, Benzinga here in Chicago. So it's September 12th. Um, you know, anyone who wants to uh, come reach out. Uh, I don't think we've got our tickets and stuff online yet, but um, uh, we're, you know, we're really excited about that because it's basically going to be a conference really focused on, you know, everyone who has incentive to really drive this data and technology acceleration in the industry. Um, and so we'll have some, we've got some great speakers coming, uh, the guys from ArcView are going to be speaking and uh, Viridian Capital, and we've got some great, you know, uh, some of the big tech uh, PE firms will be there and a whole bunch of clients will be talking about how they're using data um, and, and what their challenges are. And mm-hmm. so it'll be, it'll be a, a really, a really special day. Very cool. Yeah. I well, love it. Yeah, me yeah, too. It's like you guys are, you know, 
me singing this, it's almost like you guys are leading the cannabis industry into the future and being like, let me take your hand, like, let's go, you know, like it's, <laughs> and it's a lot we can do here. So I really look forward to really watching you guys continue to innovate yourself and grow and kind of help this industry reach that maturation point and help brands make decisions and help ultimately consumers, you know, find and, and, you know, buy incredible products that they want. So uh, really cool. I, you know, I really appreciate you sharing your story and sharing more about Hoodie Analytics today, Chris. Yeah. yeah thanks for Thanks for having me. It was a, it was a blast, guys. And uh, you know, Jared, like I said, man, if you're ready to get back in the game, <laughs> I got you covered, man. I you know I'm like a numbers fiend, so you know I'm tempted. I'm tempted, man. This sounds like a lot of fun. So. All, right. All right, we're going we're going on some sales calls together. <laughs> Let's do it. I don't know about All right. that. All right. All right. All right, Chris. Well, we do have one final question for you. Uh, we are sure. the Lit and Lucid podcast. So, are you lit or are you lucid? Um, I, I am lit, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Perfect. <laughs> that is a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, right. this was a lot of fun. Thanks for telling us a lot more about this. You know, this isn't really a topic that I know much about, but you made it really fun and insightful. And I think it's really cool for the consumers as well. So definitely check yeah. out that Ask Hoodie because I know that there's definitely a use for that. Um, Absolutely. All right, you guys. Well, with that, I'm lit. I'm lucid. And that's it. Laters. <laughs> this episode of the Lit and Lucid podcast is brought to you by Yoohoo Digital. Yoohoo Digital is a full service digital marketing agency specializing in website design, SEO, and social media management for cannabis and hemp businesses. Learn more at www.yoohoodigital.com.